Hello and welcome to the final Guernsey Press football podcast of the season. Huge thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Coming up, we'll round up the last action of the 2021-22 campaign. Uh, no quintuple for Saints, but a treble isn't bad. Reflections on their WeWay Cup win and season as a whole to come. Uh, for North, no significant title challenge to speak of this season, but they do finish with some silverware and potentially the most exciting crop of young players in the island. Reaction to their GFA Cup win on on the way, plus a chat with their under-18 coach Ross Cameron about his side's impressive campaign. We'll also touch on some of the big questions facing local football this summer and hand out our first ever season end awards. Uh, stay tuned to find out who's won our Prio player, young player and coach of the season. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr, alongside me this week, uh, Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. James Feller. Hi, Tony. And Rob Batties. Hi. Fresh out of retirement, Rob. Great to see you. Uh, how's the last couple of weeks been? Busy. <laughs> yeah, very busy. So that's the season just about done and dusted then. Um, the Jeremy Cup final, of course, to come on Wednesday, but as we know that'll be an all-Jersey affair with St Clement and St Peter, the top two in their premiership contesting that one. Uh, that said, when we look back on this season, Rob, uh, certainly as far as club football is concerned, a real turning point for Guernsey with the Upton and Weeway back in Sarnian hands thanks to Saints. Um, yeah, as we reflect on the season, Rob, where does this St Martin side rank for you in terms of modern Premier League squads? Well, um, it's interesting, wasn't it? It's first, first of all, congratulations to, you know, it's, isn't it wonderful for Guernsey football that finally we've got a team that actually can turn over Jersey's best because it's been far, far too long um, in that respect, you know. Um, whether Saints of the season are as good as Saints of the, of the, what was it, 2011 when they had people like Chris Tardiff in goal, Glyn Dyer and Matt Warren and Dom Yeoman and a star-studded squad. Well, it was the island side, wasn't it? Was it was basically <laughs> the island side and it was, seemed to sort of come together very quickly. It was almost like a star, all-star 11. Um, this is very much more a St Martin's team that's been moulded over the years and they have got, you know, they are Saints people. Well, I don't think that was quite the case probably a decade or so ago. Um, but I think what they've done is they've maximised their their ability. Um, you know, th- it's not the greatest of team. I th- you look at that side and think ha- how many of them would have perhaps played in the in an all-time St Martins team or would, it, would they have got in the 1968 St Martin's team and Colin Renner and John Novridge and Wally Torrod are like ruled the roost. Probably very few, um, perhaps one or two. Um, but what they have got they've, um, is a real spirit and togetherness and a determination, and that has got them over the line. You know, they've even when they've not played well, they've managed to win games, and even when they have played badly in spells of the game, you almost suspect, you almost know they're going to come back. And do something, and they invariably do. Um, so fair play to them, and well done to Leon Meakin. He's, you know, it's to, to, to achieve what they've done is fantastic, and he hasn't been afraid to make changes. It's not been the same eleven players every week. Um, it's, you know, he's used that squad quite fully, and he's, you know, he's used a lot of players who, you know, you perhaps wouldn't have expected to get a regular game in an Upton winning team. But no, he's done it well. Fair play to him. Gareth, um, yeah, to win the Upton uh, is one thing, I guess, on sort of home Guernsey turf uh, down at the track. But to go and win at Springfield in the WeeWay against St. Peter um, in a competition that, that Guernsey sides have traditionally not done very well in. Is that the kind of real significant moment of the season, do you think, for them? I think that was um, arguably their biggest result, Tony, to be honest. I mean, I... <laughs> 
Uh, meaning no disrespect to St Clement, I expected Saints to win the Upton that day and they, they went and did the job as they needed to. But uh, in the Jeremy Cup semi-final, sort of 10 days before the Weeway, they played St Peter and they got beat 3-1 and deservedly beat. They looked really leggy. They looked very tired. It's understandable considering the, the schedule they'd had. Um, importantly, they were also missing Dom Yeom that day and that made a huge difference as um, Leon Meekin alluded to, to me after that um, Jeremy Cup semi. But also speaking, um, on that same day when I was speaking to Leon, you just got the impression the WeeWay was going to be big for them. Um, they didn't want to end their season on a losing note. And it sort of says a lot about their character that they can go over to Springfield in a midweek game, a big final like that, and get the job done. And it was a thoroughly fitting way for that that side to end their season on a high like that. Yeah, and we've spoken a lot about Saints, have we, in the last couple of years, obviously, with those titles. And I was particularly impressed this season with you know, the way they've kind of built on what they did last year, despite losing Ben Coulter, who's very much the driving force of their midfield. I mean, do you think they can continue to match this level next year? You know, I mean, I don't know how long Dom Yeom can go on for. He looks almost as good as ever. I was going to say, Dom actually, I find he almost looks fitter now than he he did almost in some of his peak, what you call his peak years, to be honest. He's he's kept himself in really good shape. And um, certainly, I remember one game, um, one midweek game, I described one of his runs as sort of like pretty sprightly for for (laughs) someone of his age. It's saying something. But um, if he hangs around for a while, then I don't see any reason why they can't sort of remain successful. Uh, I mean, the rest of their side, are, they've still got sort of quite a youngish sort of youthful side there. Um, Chris Lanuri is obviously a very fit um, bloke at the back as well. So, yeah, they, they, they'll have, I think, more competition in the Prio League next season. But um, uh, you must admit, they, they're going to be there or thereabouts yet again, for sure. Have they set the benchmark now, do you think, Jim, in terms of... Um domestic clubs and, and, and how and how Guernsey sides should approach the inter-island fixtures again that, that can almost anything's possible? Well, I think every um, Guernsey side wants to win an inter-island game just whether some of them are capable of doing it or not. Uh, what's, what you've got in Saints is well-organised team, uh, very good at dead balls, uh, flexible squad, flexibility in positions, um, you know, and a group of players who, you know, as Rob says, you know, can be interchangeable to some extent. You know, they've got three very good centre-backs, for example, so it's not as if they're suddenly uh, up, up the creek if they lose one of those. So, and you know, they've got, um, you know, uh, options in midfield and up top as well. So they, they, they cover all, uh, all bases, Saints, and that's one of their great strengths. Yeah, tremendous season. Congratulations to them on that wee-way win. Um, they weren't in the FA Cup final, though. Um, that one uh, saw North beating Rovers 3-1 at Blanche Pierre Lane. Um, Jim, you were at that one. Not quite the occasion of last year um, when Sylvans won at Corbett Field, but a, a final lit up by a wonderful goal uh, from Jamie Smith. I mean, how did you read this one? Yeah, the, the game was almost identical to a trip to Blanche Pierre Lane of a few weeks ago for a Stranger Cup semi-final. You know, the, the, there was no sun that so I had to get my big coat out and uh, again Rovers took the lead very early on and dominated the first 20 minutes and then Saints or sorry North suddenly um, woke up came into the game a bit more scored on the stroke of half time as they did in the stranger and in second half absolutely marmalized uh, Rovers to justifiably win the uh, win the win the, the cup um, you know a great goal from from Jamie Smith as well you know um, free kick was only half cleared he picked it up on the left hand cor- corner of the box 
uh, had a moment, looked up and floated it into the top right-hand corner of the net. Um, you know, it was a quality goal, but it was quality performance. And, and the kind of performance that makes you think that if North can hold on to uh, the majority of this under-18 squad, i.e. not losing to university or GFC or whatever, um, they will be uh, the Saints' major competitors next season. Yeah, they certainly enjoyed their moment. Um, silverware to finish the season for them. I mean, as for the occasion, um, do you think it was? Uh, did it feel a little unloved? It was I mean, a reasonable crowd um, cup final, but it, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't anything like last year's cup final. Um, I think hopefully this will be an issue that one day will be addressed by the GF, GFA headquarters at uh, Victoria Avenue, because you know any game. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough uh, last Sunday to climb the steps to the Royal Box at Springfield to pick up my uh, assistant referee's medal in the women's Marathi. Climbing those steps is a great occasion and, and posing for a photograph, or obviously I wasn't photographed, but posing for a photograph. <laughs> well, you do like posing for <laughs> photographs, Jim, let's face it. Uh, posing for a photograph as a winning team with, with the cup there always is a, is a you know is an occasion uh, which you don't perhaps sometimes get you know with the cup being handed over on the on the touchline at um you know at a, at a local pitch talk about jamie smith's goal there um you know one of the impressive youngsters that north have had on show this season it has been a stunning season uh, for them they were unbeaten champions in the ravenscroft under 18 league claimed the under 18 portsmouth trophy in thrilling fashion in jersey and many of those players already making a name for themselves of course at senior level for north and guernsey fc too well i'm pleased to say we can bring in their coach now ross cameron uh, ross thanks for joining us thank you for um inviting me what a season it's been for your side um obviously finishing as uh, you know unbeaten under 18 league winners uh, that amazing win in jersey in the portsmouth trophy which are you most proud of as coach oh it's always the opt-in um to, to to be called Channel Island champions after such a game is great and I think the boys deserved it it was just good that there was interinsular football this year as well as Optum football um we won the league last year and unfortunately we couldn't we couldn't play in the Optum due to Covid so it was good that the world's gone back to normal as such um and, and we're starting to play Jersey teams again and we know all about um, some of those young players in that squad in terms of their ability, you know, with a football at their feet. But how much was that game determined by the kind of mental side of things? Obviously, it was a bit of a topsy-turvy encounter and to come through and sort of keep battling right to the end and, and end up as winners. Yeah, no, no, point taken. I think, first of all, the, the under-18 league this year, and I don't want, want to sound derogatory to other teams, wasn't very competitive. And I... I kept on saying to, to, to the players, look, this is a process. Just let's get the league over and done with. And then we start really focusing on on the opt-in. So the mental side of just, I, I kept saying to them, you'll have one game this year and that one game will be the opt-in. Um, and hopefully you do enough to win it, um, which which we did. Uh, it, it, it was a very good game. I and mean, in the first, the first 20, 25 minutes, we didn't actually play too, too well. Um, but the second phase of first half, we 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 done exceptionally well, and and if truth be told, I thought half time came at the wrong wrong time for us because we were we were really pressing. Um, Keen Domar scored the scored the first goal around the 40th minute mark, um, and and we, we were pressing, and half time came, um, and then and then after that, oh actually sorry, I, I apologise. Um, Jersey Wanderers went went one nil up, and then uh, Keen Keen scored so. Um, and it was a it was a lovely goal. And then the half time came. We 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 had a good fifteen minutes of just seeing how we wanted to get. So we weren't getting 
ran down our right side so much with the overload play. And then once that happened, we started finding our feet and um, all the nerves went, started the second half okay again. Yeah, no, a, a fantastic finish to the day as well, obviously, to claim the silverware. I mean, we, we, you know, we've seen a fair amount of, of Norse under-18s playing you know, in the, the Prio side. Obviously, a couple have gone on to GFC and, and in the case of Ben AC, have sort of already you know, gone on um, further still. I mean, how long have you known that this was sort of such an outstanding group? I've only I've come back to coaching after a bit of a break, so this is my third year of coaching. So, the, effectively, this group of lads I've only I've only coached for two years as such. Um, last year we, we we won the league nearly with the same side. There was only two senior under eighteen players in the team, um, Jake Almy and Callum Cherry. They moved on to senior football or university, so it left this group of players, which is split between five or six of them being senior under-18s and the rest of them being a year under. And we've also introduced our under-16s to, to join the squad. Yeah, what, what's the secret at the moment? How have you gone about kind of, yeah, bringing through such a talented crop? First of all, you've got to have football ability in yourself and they certainly have that. Um, but they do train hard. They've knuckled down. We've made sure from the under-16s, they get involved in the under-18 training, the under-18 um, we train, but we also amalgamated with the first-team seniors um, because so many are actually playing first-team football. And the ones that aren't just there, they have to play Jackson. Um, and it's, it's important. So as soon as the boys turn 16, we have a look who's ready for Jackson. If there's one or two straight away, that's good enough for Prio. They, they will go in and hopefully um, have a few games. And as the season's gone on, we've got, we've got regular starters. So we call it the conveyor belt. We, we, we want to make sure that these boys play above themselves. And like you said, that there, there, there'll be one or two, no doubt, that um, we won't see next year, um, either due to pro football or, or um, playing for GFC regularly. Yeah, Ross, um, how, how does it pan out with your, the squad? I mean, are you going to lose most of these boys, um, the under-18 boys, um, for next season? There's about six, six or seven um, that are senior age group. Um, Luke Almy, I believe he may be going to college next year. Archie Drillo, Sam Hutchins, Jamie Smith, Brandon Wallace, Keane, Domar. These guys are all um, going up to senior football next year. Um, so the likes of Pierre Markey and Owen Woolbridge, th- these boys have another year. I see. And do you see any of these um, these lads actually following the likes of Keane and Ben into the GFC um, squad um, set up yeah, pretty think, soon? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. And that's that's up to them. Um, I, 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 you know, J- Jamie Smith is, is is a talented boy on the on on, on the ball. Um, they've all got they've all got their own drive. They they really do enjoy football. So we, we, you know, Archie Jillo's now come into a situation where he's moved from a back position into a um, centre back position and um, left of centre, left of centre. Um, they're strong players. Yeah, um, he's performed so very well in the Premier League now. team when I've seen him. Yeah, he has been very dominant. Um, every he's just getting better and better, and now he's believing in himself um, as a centre back, and alongside Tommy Voden at times. How do you view um, under-18 football in general? Because you said before that it was a gen- quite a weak um, league this year. Yeah. Um, there was clearly some problems. There were a lot of games being given walkovers towards the end of the season. Was, uh, um, I'm not sure if that was the, the problem itself. But I think there's two fronts to that. I think the, 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 the season was quite a long season. And then there was a lot of games cr- crammed to the last three weeks. So there were teams, I think, nearly shut 
cutting down as such with their pitches and saying, well, that's it, sort of thing. There was talkovers. But turning to your first question, I wouldn't say the under-18 has been very competitive at all. Next year, it, it might be a bit bit stronger. I, I don't know what the other teams have and what players are moving up from 16s upwards. But this year has been pretty poor to, to, to the fact. And I don't want to sound derogatory to Sims, but we won the Old Vic final 10-0, you know, and um, that's not good for a final to, to win to win tail. There's been some sort of talk over the last few years and there's something in the back of my head which I've always quite fancied is that perhaps we should almost forget the under-18s, drop an under, make it to under-17 league and introduce under-21s. Um, how do you feel about something like that? You, you don't know until you trial it, Rob. Um, that, that, that could work. Um, I think what we've got to do is keep football being active to the outsider. We know that you know the numbers from say fourteen to sixteen, seventeen year olds they they do drop out. There's other sports, basketball, squash, rugby, and we've got to make sure we're as a group have to have to sure that we make football attractive. And when players when players turn up for training, they know that they're being trained and coached correctly, and walk away going, "Cool, that was a, that was a good session," and make make sure that players are infused and and and. Everything that we possibly do, whether it's at North, Still, at Martins, push them on, push them on and keep pushing. So um, the first team, Prio League, stays competitive um, and so on and so, so, so forth. As such. And yourself, Ross, I mean, there's been sort of talk over the last couple of years you might step up to the Prio League job, but um, are you going to still be under 18s? Um, or no, Jose Alvarez is, 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 the, um, is the senior coach, the team head coach. Um, we, we, we have got a coaches meeting coming up shortly and we, we'll have a look to see where certain coaches are best placed. Um, I, I, I did assist Jose uh, for the FA Cup that we recently won against Rovers. So we'll put it together and see where we're at. Just finally, Ross, um, as we say, you know, these youngsters are already making a big impact in senior football. I mean, do you expect them to be the backbone of a title challenging North Prio side next season? Oh, I'm hoping so. I think they're ready for that. Um, first of all, I have to congratulate St Martins for an outstanding season at Senior League, winning the um, Lee, the Prio, the Upton, and the Wee Way. I mean, that's three hefty cups, and um, they didn't. I don't think they got beat in the Prio. So we know that, um, and, and hopefully, this forthcoming season we, we push Saints right to the end. And hopefully it might be Oswin in the pre We'll have to see. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to seeing a good title race next season. Thanks very much for joining us. Enjoy the summer break and, uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Welcome back. Now it's time to hand out our first ever Season End Awards here on the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Uh, we wanted to recognise the outstanding performers in the FNB Premier League this season and we asked the nine coaches to help us do it. They've all given us their top three players and young players of the season and their top coach. Uh, obviously not voting for their own players or themselves. Um, a top vote was worth three points, second two and third one. So the winners of the two playing awards are those with the most points uh, overall. But let's start with the coach of the year shall we um two coaches featured in the voting for this one uh, sylvan's outgoing head coach martin Degari was picked out by a couple of his fellow prio managers uh, but there was a clear winner um, for leading his side to the treble and finishing unbeaten in the league our 2021-22 fnb prio coach of the year is 
Little Meekin. <laughs> now there's a surprise. <laughs> Lots of fanfare there. Um, congrats to Leon. Um, I mean, guys, what can we say about Leon's management style that we haven't already over the, the last couple of seasons? I don't know, really. He's, he's, he's not one of these coaches who jumps up and down the touchline and makes a lot of noise and causes gives referees and linesmen a lot of flack. He's pretty quiet, but and he's... I must admit, you know, he, he's over the last... Few, Two years, I think he really has grown into the role. I was a bit dubious at first. I thought he used to make some strange selections, and I often often wondered about how he how he could pick so and so against above so and so. And I think some of the old Saints, old guard who watch their games regularly, were of similar mind. But you can't, you know, his, his performance over the last two years has been absolutely outstanding. You know, I think he really has got to grips with that squad, and they obviously play for him. Every single one of them. So fair play to him. Be interesting to see whether um, how long he'll, he'll continue because there was sort of some sort of talk that once you know if he did win the league and the Upton that he may well decide to take a back seat, um, and that would cause Saints some problems probably, especially as I, I was sort of talking about John Peace perhaps um, departing. So um, he was his assistant, but no fair play to Leon. He's done a terrific job. Um, there's nobody close this season although I have been impressed very impressed by Kevin Gillies at Rovers I think a lot of people wrote him off before when he took over Kevin who you know he hasn't got the playing pedigree and all this sort of stuff well he's you know he's he's proved most people wrong I think he's done a really really good job at Rovers um, you know he's lost a lot of players to GSC the UK whatever um, and other clubs um, and he's done a great job he would have been my second choice just to go back to Leon, we heard from Kev Graham last week about his concerns, you know, about the sort of the coaching pool when it comes to the island roles. And I suppose the GFC job is is one thing, isn't it? But sort of taking that aside, I mean, is Leon someone who you know, sort of should be looking at as a potential Samarati manager at some point? I think we really need to see uh, anybody of, of any calibre um, trying to put themselves forward to, to, to better themselves. Yeah, there is... A, I've said before, you know, Prio coach is, is rather an all-encompassing job, but also one can you can get such a position relatively easily. Uh, I think the you know if if you really want to try to push yourself further, then it's you know slightly more difficult pathway to get into. But it would be you know it would be good to see. Um, more coaches coming forward, you know, at whatever level that might be. And that doesn't necessarily mean that a great coach has to become a Prio coach nowadays. Just to sort of um, go back to Leon and just, I think his, his greatest sort of success, success is actually the size of the squad at Saints and how he keeps them all happy because they've got so much um, sort of depth there. Um, he must deal with individuals so well because he, he obviously goes around telling them, you will be involved heavily in what we're doing here. And but you know, like Rob said before, he rotates that side, and you know, you, you, it's actually very hard to pick a Saints first eleven, and you can't turn up to a Saints game knowing who's going to play because, you know, I mean, people like Danny Howe, how good had Danny Howe's been? He's earned himself a Marathi starting spot, and yet quite often you'll turn up and he's on the bench, you know. And but Leon seems to be able to keep them all happy, and it's worked out so well for them. I mean, a treble, and it could have been more if the, if the schedule hadn't been so packed towards the end of the season, they probably would have won even more. To be honest yeah I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more as for producing coaches in general I, I the part of the concern and this is not knocking GFC because I'm a big fan of GFC and I think it's vital for Guernsey football but the fact you've got Guernsey FC there 
I, and the problems in actually coaching an island side with the existence of GFC being there is likely to put off people to actually wanting to progress because they know deep down that they can't really get to grips with that job. Whereas in the past, you could. But now, um, you know, GFC is overwhelming in that respect. There isn't the money and the funding for the GFA to turn around to say to a prospective Marathi coach who's got no links at all with GFC, right, here's, here's the funding so you can take your team on tours and have regular games in build-up. Um, it's not there, and the players wouldn't be there either because half the time, well, most of the time they're playing for GFC. So it's not really appealing to a budding coach. Um, and that is a big issue. And I don't know how we overcome it, to be honest. Well, congratulations to Leon. Uh, richly deserved. Uh, on to the Young Player of the Year. Um, quite a few names came up here, uh, but there was a clear winner. Um, in third place, tied, it was Sam Heathcote and Cal Lalasha. Um, Tim Apshin, second. Uh, but the winner of our Young Player of the Season is Keen Domal. Um, a player who has uh, obviously excelled at North and, and come in and done so well for GFC at the end of the season. Um, do you think the outstanding domestic prospect at the moment, Rob? I'm not sure if he's the most outstanding prospect, but he is a very, very good player, and he's done a he's had a great season. And how he sort of I must admit he's how he slipped into the GFC side and looked so good so quickly has surprised me. Um, having said that, the rise of Ben AC surprised me as well. So um, no, he's. He has got a lot of ability, that boy. And if he knuckles down and he gets the best out of himself in the coming years, we're going to have a very special player. I've got no problems with that. I think he's, him being the, the overall winner, I think he's a top player. Quality striker. And I think that you're one of the great things about seeing his rise is, you know, where is our, our pool of, of centre forwards in Guernsey football are all at veteran stage? Uh, and you know, to, uh, I, okay, you get a lot of full storms in junior football of uh, of young lads who can score loads of goals against poor defences. Uh, but you know, as you go up through through the levels and see the commitment of these players, I mean, Keane's goal in the under twenty one Marathi was just you know the mark of a of a quality finisher, and knew exactly what he was doing. And it's great to see. A, a, a guy who in the penalty box I'm not saying he, you know he doesn't he's not one of those who just thrives on on crosses and and being supplied from midfield but you know a guy who in the penalty box is, is deadly is something that uh, Guernsey football badly needs yeah he's obviously um a, a real eye catcher keen I mean I remember sort of seeing him that early on the GFC that you just thought this is the sort of stage he's going to be playing at and um, he thoroughly deserves to. He um, obviously earned this award through the um, through his performances for North in the Prio and first team. So um, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of um, ability, a lot of potential. Um, I think because of the position he plays, he's probably a bit more eye-catching than some of the others. But I was really pleased to see that Sam Heathcote gets a bit of uh, recognition because he's really impressed me every time I've seen him. And he, with no disrespect to Rangers, especially with Rob in the room, but um, you know, it's, it's perhaps hard to stand out for Rangers at Premier League level at the moment. But it, certainly Ireland under eighteen wise and strange and what have you, Sam Heathcote was really impressive as well. So um, we've got some some good young talent there. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, on to the uh, the senior award then for FNB Premier League Player of the Season. Again, quite a few names featured here. 
Um, Chris Lanuri, Ollie Smith uh, from Saints, Sam Murray, Tom Vodin, uh, Luke Mollett from North, Ewan Melrose from Sylvans um, got a bit of attention. And there really wasn't much at all to separate the top three. Uh, all St. Martin's players. Um, in third place, George Mason. Uh, second was Danny Hale. Uh, but the 2021-22 player of the season, according to the Prio League coaches, is Dom Yeom. Again, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and we've spoken about him already, uh, obviously, on the pod today. I don't know what more there is to add. I mean, Rob, just in terms of the way he's you know, led the line for Saints in what has been such a fantastic season for them, I mean, is he edging up your top 100 list if you were to do it again today? Does it- I'm not sure what number he was last time. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, in the, he was just outside the top 10, I seem to think. You know, um, Dom is a terrific player. And this fact that he just goes on and on and on with showing no sign of any real diminishing in his physical abilities and his enthusiasm for the game makes marks him out as an outstanding player you know um he's been around a long long time since remember when he first came in the saints team in the early 2000s and um and he was more of a midfielder then and i must admit i didn't rate him particularly highly <laughs> but it was once he was pushed up front and um he's marked it made himself into a very very good performer performer a quality effort quality player do you think gfc changed dom's career and um and pathway made him a better player that's for sure i think you know he obviously learned a lot by playing against better players over week in week out um and i I think that know-how marks him out as a special player same as you know in jersey where they've got that luke campbell playing at the back you know the know-how he's got marks him out as an outstanding player and takes him out takes him up to a level above the rivals you know i think you know that experience that guile is um vital top player and a good lad never gets himself in trouble you know he's always there so dependable yeah i was gonna say you know obviously we've just spoken about keen domo of very different players um but how much of an asset is Dom home to guernsey football just the fact that he's still playing still doing so well as you say, the way he carries himself um, through a sort of match day, the way um, you know, the, the way he talks on a pitch, the kind of he's, you know, he's obviously very vocal, but sort of um, very direct with his instructions to his teammates. I mean, it must be a great learning opportunity for you know any other Premier League striker. I love the way he just gets on with the game. I remember seeing a game um, in play. It may not have been the season, or it may have been the tail end of last season when he was up against Tom Strawbridge and their big mates apparently, and Tom was giving him. Kicking it to pieces, but he 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 took it all in his stride. Saw it, you know. He gave it gave it back as well, and it was just he's not one of those players who whinges. You know, he is, just gets on with the game. He expects the hard tackles to come in. He can he gives it out himself. Just gets on with it, and he's not one of those who's in the referee's ear all the time. I think he's an outstanding footballer. Well, congratulations to uh, to Dom, Keane and Leon um, for those awards recognised by um, the Premier League coaches. Um, we'll be back with more next season, hopefully uh, maybe growing them slightly. OK, before we wrap up for the season, I just wanted to uh, reflect on, I suppose, some of the things that we've enjoyed most um, over the last some nine or ten months. Uh, some of the, the biggest gripes we've got from the season, some of the things we think need to change. Let's start with perhaps our gripes of the season. Uh, anything stand out for you, chaps? Um, the fixture mayhem, the whole fixture schedule. And this is not a criticism of 
Matley, who actually is in charge of them. It's just the way Guernsey football set up currently and the way the competitions, there's too many competitions, they're played at the wrong times. You know, we've, we're playing well into May again. People are tired. They don't want to be playing football, in, you know, at this time of the season. You know, we've got finals, all these finals coming together at once. Um, they should be spread out. You know, I think one of the... I'd love to see the Stranger Cup, for instance, being taken back and completed before Christmas. Do something, you know, perhaps make it play it all under lights again. Make it, you know, a floodlit-specific competition, which was made it its success back in the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. You know, not tag it on at the end of the season and squeeze it in between. You know, one, you know the FA Cup final. You know, we nothing seems to be very special now because we actually it's all just thrown together in in the, in, a, in a rush at the end to get things finished. We should be spending far more time and, and attention to actually when these events come to a conclusion and make them more special. Um, yeah, we, we almost should sort of work backwards, shouldn't we? The Upton should be the final club game yeah, of the season. Exactly. And you almost kind of, you know, everything works yeah, backwards from there. Yeah, but because we're trying to squeeze so much in, um, you know, and, it, it, and clubs, and they're all guilty of this, are, are wanting so many games across the board and they haven't got the players to do it half the time or they haven't got the pitch availability. There's so many different things which make it a bit of a mess and I'd like to see all that tidied up. To mm, it seems now, actually, we're, we're caught between half the clubs seem to want more games and half the clubs seem to want less games and that's one of the uh, challenges that we're, we're facing as well. I know GFLM, AGM this week and the... the most recent meeting, the club's meeting for GFLM was very much that. You know, half the clubs wanted to finish earlier, half the clubs felt, thought there was scope for, for more matches, uh, and yes, in juniors and, and in seniors. So, yeah, that is something that, that has to be addressed. I mean, uh, I know there's a proposal up this week about the Jackson League um, with the de- demands on finishing the season earlier next year for the Ireland Games. That really will be put to the test, and um, I think fixtures are under great strain. I guess there was still the sort of COVID caveat this season. Um, you know, there was some interruption and there was some uncertainty um, at the sort of yeah, turn of the year. Yeah, there has been COVID um, to, to worry about in the last two or three years. But the fixture schedule was in a mess before COVID came along. It just seems to have got worse over the years. It's just, it, unfortunately, it's a great shame that Manza have withdrawn at this stage. Because if we'd still had nine Prio League teams, I would have, I would have really wanted to see just each side play each other twice, home and away, giving yourself 16 games in the league season and the season finishing off with a series of playoffs like we have like in rugby league, whatever you, and you get elimination playoffs and that sort of stuff, building up to a conclusion which would then top up the number of games. But we get too much, you know, at the moment we've got 24, we've had 24 league games, we've got all these Stranger Cup, Cup ties, we've got FA Cup playing all these rounds where most of the matches are t- totally meaningless, you know, and we've got clubs entering two or three sides. It's just a mess and it really does need to be analysed. And unfortunately, I think the way things are set up, it, um, it's not the analysis doesn't start early enough. I mean, we're all in a rush to get this GFLM AGM out this week and there hasn't been, you know, the actual consideration, these considerations haven't been, um, in the haven't been discussed until too late, and um, we should have been talking about this three or four months ago. 
Jim, you've been involved this season in various guises. You've been on the line in the middle for a few. Um, you've reported on games. You've watched games. You've chatted about it. I mean, and you've coached in the FA Cup, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you've, yeah, you're coming at this from a lot of different angles. I mean, yeah, is there anything that sort of stood out for you that, you know, either gripes or big hopes for next yeah, year? Uh, thanks, Gareth, for reminding me. Yeah, the, the, the high spot of the season definitely was... Um, uh, CF Independent uh, only only losing four two to Sylvans Prio in the FA Cup at the uh, on the second of January at um, at KG five and um, and Gareth's match report uh, I still look at it occasionally and uh, <laughs> gives me a warm feeling inside about it's how framed on your wall in your office I don't know what you're on about <laughs> you're not sad or nothing about what it's like for a lower league team team to compete uh, at the highest level um, my high spot for the season definitely was the return of the uh, women's Marathi. Um, you know, great to see the team uh, comp- uh, competing in that match, uh, certainly for 45 minutes. They were up against it. I mean, the fact you haven't played an 11 side game for more than two years, you know, expectations had to be um, realistic. But you've got now a group of players that really, I think, could, could you know, could uh, go further for sure in, in the women's game. Uh, Island Games is very important next summer. And I'd just like to see the local domestic league grow I mean that was effectively played as nine aside most of the season that needs to get to 11 aside you know we need more people to be playing to real to realize what a good uh, you know what a good game it is what a good option it is for young sporty women Gareth highlights and lowlights um, low light is it's sort of it was a bit unavoidable but the low light was basically the fact that GFC had to condense uh, what should have been whatever a nine month season into about six months really which um, when it came to playing sort of like Saturday Tuesday for about 11 weeks on the trot it got a bit it got a bit monotonous for me to, to be watching it but also I did feel very sorry for the players and coaching staff there but um, hopefully the, the, all the Covid restrictions will now be lifted and we can actually have a normal GFC season where they can sort of build some momentum and also work on things they need to work on they haven't really been able to do that for the last couple of seasons they've begun and finished um Highlight, I think, for me was definitely just well, almost two highlights. It was seeing the two performances of the Ireland under 18s in the Stranger Cup semi and final. I just thought they were a breath of fresh air for a team of juniors to go out with the confidence they had and just the way they play football. It was just great to watch, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, I know it was a bit strange for North in the final that, that all their all the goals scored against them were by their own players, but um, it is what it is. But I thought they were just great to watch on those two occasions and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And Rob, big season ahead next year. Um you know, we've seen a few changes, obviously managerially or coaching-wise, um, some changes off the field as well. Um, you're going to be busy at Rangers? Yeah, I hope to be. Uh, if we're not busy at Rangers, we won't be doing a, a very good job, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think we face an interesting future, um, not only Rangers, but all the clubs. I think, um, I think you know, right across the board, how long, some, how, how long can St Martins continue this fantastic run, you know? Um, can North maximise this rich potential, this rich tap of talent they've got? Um, it's interesting. Val Record, going to you'd expect you know, they're going to perhaps pick up a bit next year. Um, I just hope um, we have a really good competitive league. To be honest, I just think that's what keeps everybody interested. I think it has. The last few years have been very, very good in that respect. And I know Saints in the end one ended winning it ended up winning it quite comfortably but I mean um, they did have to work hard for it 
It's one of the great strengths of Guernsey football, isn't it? The the the, the strength inverted commas of the, of the Prio and the the competitiveness of of the league and the fact that and I think actually that draws people to games as well. You know, quite often, um, particularly at Port Swarthmore nowadays, seems to you know, generate a, a crowd and it's uh, it's just, you know, just nice to see uh, you know, numbers at games and uh, and not being able to, to forecast the result before you go down. Well, it's been really fun chatting about it all on the pod. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a really um, good season from my perspective here. Thanks for all your contributions over the last few months. Um, we'll be back, I don't know, in a few weeks to preview the next, uh, the next campaign. It'll come around very quickly, I'm sure. Have we booked in the Rangers director of football for all his insight for that? Well, hopefully he'll be making a, a regular appearance. Uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show uh, in the last few months. Um, yeah, and thanks to everyone for, for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. Cheers. Cheers.